This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. And then somehow, white women swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression and stuck themselves at the front of the line. Here's Jerry Callahan. So Cullen A texts me yesterday, which is rare. Usually on Sunday, he's, uh, you know, knee-deep in Pink Whitney and out of commission. If I text him, he's just, he just doesn't get back to me till like Tuesday. Not true. Afternoon. Not true. Shattuck, um, Shattuck right. and I, as you were doing that, Shattuck just accused me of uh, lying about my drinking. It's up. 100% true. I mean, I don't know how much you drink, but you usually just uh, ignore me, check out on a Sunday, and he texts me, says, are we doing a show tomorrow? And I said, I didn't even think of it. I didn't even think it was Indigenous People's Day. It snuck up on me, you know? And because I never had Indigenous People's Day off when I was on the radio, it was always a, a Monday after a big, you know, Patriots game or a big NFL Sunday, and so was this. Plus, there's just so much. I said we have to do a show. We have to. It's one of those days where, you know, I got my little notepad things I want to get to, and there's a thousand of them. Shattuck, we have much to get to. I'm glad you're here. We're going to get into the ACB hearings, which begin today, which promise to be a circus, even though. Even though I think the Democrats, even the Democrats are smart enough to know they can't accuse Amy Coney Barrett of uh, gang raping uh, classmates when she was 16. That probably won't fly. Although you never know. You got some stupid people. You got Maisie Hirono on there and you got uh, Sheldon Whitehouse and some of the dumbest members of the Senate will be uh, questioning her. So they will probably go over the line. And I look forward to it. It is all set up to blow up in their faces. So uh, that that could be good. We got um, the NFL wild, wild day, wild week in the NFL. We got Dak Prescott's leg, uh, foot pointing in the wrong direction. That was too bad. I kind of like watching him play. Uh, and we got, uh, I guess, I guess they had this little summer league tournament down in Orlando, the NBA. I didn't really see it, but I guess it's over and and i just saw on the internet i saw on the on twitter that it actually counts as a season it's like a, it's like a title for lebron he won a little summer league tournament that nobody watched and i feel bad for the uh, the Uyghur slaves as usual the Uyghur slaves are working overtime they are making those nba champion hats and t-shirts and they better get it right and they better get it done quick or uh they're in for a whooping uh, not that not that it matters but uh We'll get to all that, and I think we're going to disagree about uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I watched. I had a couple of yucks, a couple of chuckles, but I was really disappointed in Bill Burr, and I'll tell you why, and Shadical Shadical disagree, I hope. But uh, we'll get to all that today on the Callahan Podcast, presented by, as always, DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your card today with DCU, and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colonnades here. Shattuck is here on this uh, Monday morning, uh, Columbus Day. You know what I found amazing this morning, guys? I I get on Twitter. Usually I get updated on all the riots in, in Portland usually, but, you know, oftentimes Seattle, New York, whatever. Did you see the latest? They, they tore down last night a statue of Abe Lincoln 
in Portland. Now, obviously, that's idiotic. These are scum. They tear down Abe Lincoln, you know, who's obviously our greatest president, and we all know what he did. But weren't you wondering when you saw that, why was it still up? How did they not? They've been rioting for 120-something days. How did they not already, already tear that down? I mean, they they how is that even there? <laughs> Maybe they thought they wouldn't recognize him. I, I'm not even sure, Jerry, but I've, you know, I was up, I had trouble sleeping last night. So up until about an hour and a half ago, I've been watching the live play-by-play in, in L.A. at the Staples Center. It's incredible, oh, yeah. Jerry. Thousands of people. I've never seen. It's so good to see a good mood protest. Thousands of people are out there at the Staples Center. The city, by the way, that where kids aren't allowed to go to school, and uh, even though they're socially distanced and with masks and desks have plastic all around them, there are thousands of people outside of the Staples Center just having a great time. So I like to focus on the positive, not the negative in Portland, but in L.A., Everything is good now. And finally, Braun got respect, too, which I think is... There is something funny about that, just just because, you know, the NBA obviously went through all their efforts to create a bubble. And in turn, say what you want about ratings, the NBA, not one positive COVID test, right, Jerry? I don't believe... I don't believe so. Um, although, who knows? The way things are going, they probably cover it up because the NBA, the, the media, ESPN, has invested heavily in the NBA pulling that off. It is it is wonderful to see the people tuned out in droves. The numbers um, before game, what was get last night? Game six, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I was flipping channels. I saw it, Lakers were up like 40 points, and I didn't watch one play. I can proudly say not one play of last night's game, the, the, the final game, and everybody on uh, you know all the media, they're thrilled. They're big LeBron fans because LeBron hates Trump. That's the most important thing. If you hate Trump, the media loves you. It's as simple as that. I got to get to the the silliest, the most embarrassing tweet I've ever seen from a grown man. That would be from Darren Ravel of, I guess, of ESPN. But did you see the numbers before last night? We'll get Maybe it'll come in while we're doing this, the numbers for last night's game, which won't be good. The NBA will once again get smoked by the NFL, a regular season, a week five game, Minnesota-Seattle went head-to-head with the NBA, and I guarantee you, I'll get the numbers, I guarantee you the NFL trounced the NBA yet again. It's hard to believe. A game between Minneapolis and Seattle in week five, you know, to Minneapolis is now one, Minnesota is now one and four, and that game was much, much, much more compelling than the clinching game for LeBron James. But Friday night, game five, which I saw some of that one. It was good because Miami won. That was that was a, a good game to watch. They got 5.7 million viewers, which is lately kind of an average night for uh, Tucker, Carlson, Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity. Doesn't seem all that bad, right? 5.7 million viewers. Game five last year which included uh, no LeBron. It was Toronto, a Canadian team against Golden State, 18.22 million. In other words, the game five this year had 12 and a half fewer, 12 and a half million fewer viewers than last year. 12 and a half fewer, 12 and a half million fewer viewers than last year. So I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So is LeBron supposed to be a personality, like a draw from his personality? From his, is he a multifaceted guy? Because all I ever see him do is read the first chapter of a book and then complain and yeah. complain and complain and give up props to Cap 
again and again for you know forging the way through all this morass here. He just seems like a hugely ungrateful guy. I'm not a huge basketball fan, so it doesn't yeah, really matter. But it's a good word. He's a hugely ungrateful guy. He does nothing but complain about this country, which has been great for him, great to him. He loves Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, as we know, hates the police, hates this country. He wears a Kaepernick jersey and said one day after they did whatever, some protest thing, he said, gee, I hope Cap is proud of us, proud of you. Grown man saying, I hope another guy, this 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 asshole, Colin Kaepernick, is proud of him. <laughs> I, can, I think much of the country is rooting against LeBron, which is why the ratings will be so bad. It was a disaster. I don't know if you saw what Adam Silver said the other day. He said there will be no more uh, overt political statements next year. They will not have Black Lives Matter written on the court next year. What? They will not have all these stupid expressions like equality and uh, what was the one uh, education reform on that once was it Gordon Haywood had education reform written on his jersey. Uh, nobody will know, not- like all the are the articles I read over the weekend. Nobody's blaming the wokeness on the ratings drops though. Everybody's blaming the. Oh yeah. Why do you think Adam Silver said that? Why do you think he said we're not going to do that next year? Well, it's- everybody, everybody out there that I read is saying you know one, there's too much sports going on. Two, you're not used to watching certain sports at certain times. And then three, obviously, you got the the, pres- the presidential election. It doesn't matter. There's, I mean, Friday night, it had nothing going against it. Uh, last night at the NFL, but it was uh, LeBron James, often considered like the second best player ever, at least of modern times. And he... Uh, we'll get it, but he he doesn't uh, draw an audience. People, I mean, I know uh, like Max Kellerman loves him and Jamel Hill love him because, again, he hates Trump. That's all that matters. But the ratings will be terrible, and next year they will learn from this. They will not be honoring a Marxist, a violent Marxist political organization mm-hmm. with, with slogans on their shirts and on the court. That was a huge factor. They can say it wasn't, but it was. Every poll, every survey says so. Absolutely. And you can see in the politics as well, the same thing happened. You, you saw the alarm bells two months ago when Don Lemon said, hey, this is starting to look badly in polling. This is starting to bite us. And it's interesting. As soon as Democrats saw that the brand for Black Lives Matter and all the rioting, et cetera, was cratering, suddenly all the riots have dried up. All the protests have dried no, up. No, 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 no. Last night, uh, 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 last night they were celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day in Portland oh. and they were trashing stores, breaking glass. It, it is amazing. It's simple. I, I heard Ron DeSantis. He was on with Mark Levin last night, and he just said, "You know, we didn't allow it. It was. In, it's right. entirely. This is simple, Shattuck. And I can't. I feel bad for people that live in Portland or Seattle or these lawless places or New York, because in Florida, not only did they uh, call up the National Guard and arrest people and charge them and uh, you know, take it seriously." But they came up with new. They they came up with some new rules. New rules, as my man Bill Maher would say. New rules uh, that if you um, if a city doesn't prosecute these uh, looters and rioters, they took away their immunity, so that citizens who own homes or businesses can sue the city if they don't enforce the law, and that changed everything, according to DeSantis. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally said, we are not going to allow cities. The state said, we're not going to allow cities to have that revolving door that they have in Portland that, that, that allows these scum, these, these, these low-life Antifa maggots to go trash stores and, 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 uh, and homes and then get arrested and be out the next day. I mean, 
in in Portland, the federal government deputized the local police just so they could charge the looters and rioters with a federal offense when they assaulted the police because it normally it was like nothing. It was like getting a parking ticket when you right. smashed a cop over the head with a brick because Ted Wheeler is obviously on the side of the looters and the rioters. And and by the way, did you see who's leading leading in the polls to become the next mayor of Portland? I saw her dress. An outright um, Antifa supporter who walks around with a Mao shirt and a <laughs> Che Guevara shirt and says, I am Antifa. I support it. They're going to elect a mayor who supports Antifa. This city gets what the whole place should burn down. It gets what they, they get what they deserve. They're going to vote for an Antifa mayor after watching Antifa destroy their city for four straight months. Yeah, I saw her dress had Mao and Che uh, Grovera on it and a few other bloody terrorists. And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, a lot of these people are all in, but it's funny. I don't know if you heard uh, Colin Quinn, the New York comic over the weekend, uh, talk about de Blasio in New York and what it's like in the streets. You know, he's lived there his whole life. And he, he said it was worse in the 1970s, because at least in the 70s, there was this energy. But he said now everything's boarded up. There's nothing happening anymore. It's the place is essentially like uh, a lot of it is like Beirut after the the war torn 80s. And people are just fleeing, fleeing. I mean, now's a good time to buy real estate in Austin, Texas or Nashville, Tennessee, because that's where everybody's going in the, in the country. And Portland's a, just a hellhole and Seattle's terrible. And it used to be tourist attractions. I mean, you go to Portland or Seattle. I did it once. I went to Seattle on vacation. It was a great place. I wouldn't go near it. I will never go to Portland, Oregon. Never. I'll never go near it. I, I, this, I, I have no interest. Uh, this is good. I'm looking at video right now of uh, celebrating Laker fans trashing a police car or trying to. They're attacking a police Isn't car. Isn't it interesting that these celebrating Laker fans who are not being condemned by, any, by anybody, and they're absolutely not social distancing, and there are not masks. They are just going to town. You're in around the Staples Center and out throughout L.A. now. But it's funny now. They're on the same side, and they're being con condoned by most media. They're on the same side now as President Trump and the World Health Organization suddenly. So it's interesting how these uh, the different cultural forces have mixed. But by the way, Jerry, how far into the new essay series of Kaepernick have you gotten on abolishing <laughs> police and prisons? I, I, I'll give Kaepernick credit for this. I hate him. He's, he's, he's just an asshole. He's a, he's a, a fraud who will never speak his mind he hides behind his girlfriend and hides behind the media who do all carry the water for him but every time they'll sit there and they'll try to moderate his views and try to soften his views he'll come up with something else that says screw the police the hell with the police i hate the police they're all thugs they're all criminals they're all slave hunters he hates cops okay Get it through your head, LeBron. Get it through your head, uh, you know, Jamel Hill and Dan Lebertard and, and Max Kellerman. He hates the police. He hates the military. He hates this country. He's a horrible human being. He, he celebrates people who shoot cops, who kill cops. And every time he does that, he leaves LeBron and company. Uh, he puts them in a tough spot. They have to sit there and tell you how their they're hero's not such a bad guy. You know? Right. And he's By the, the way, real He's the real uncut stuff, too, of the movement. So I know that, Jerry, you've been saying that we need to reimagine law enforcement for the last <laughs> few weeks. But now Kaepernick is now saying, literally, police need to be abolished and prisons need to Prison. be abolished. Right. 
No so, prisons, no police. Now, if we had a media in this country, that question would be today. LeBron holds a press conference and celebrates his little summer league win. They should say, LeBron, your friend, your hero, Colin Kaepernick, a guy who said you hope was proud of you, wants to abolish all police and all prisons. Do you agree with that? Does that make sense to you, Bron Bron? All right, today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth. As always, Dave McDonough joins me. Dave, uh, crazy week. Let's get an update. We got Trump with the virus. We right. got debates. We got all the stuff. What went on in the market? Dave, last Friday, you know, market was going to implode. That's what the, you know, the Dow futures were indicating because of the president and the virus. We told your listeners, don't believe the hype. Buy the dip. Dave, best week this week in over six. Now, where did you tell the listeners? Because I bet you told them on the captain's blog, which you'd be a dummy if you don't go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement and sign up for it. Dave, we put the blog out each and every week. What happened last week, what's going to happen next week. It's worth the three-minute watch. So we do 30 seconds here. If you go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement, you can get the captain's blog in video, audio, text form. Go sign up, flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. What else is there left to do? That's all we have for this week, Dave. Bang. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. It's so bizarre. It's such a good issue. I wish Trump in the next debate or the only debate left would focus on the defund the police and the rioting. And I mean, make the, I realize the moderator, you know, this, this fraud, Steve Scully or the ne- the other moderator, Caitlin, whatever her name is from NBC. I know they'll talk about white supremacists and proud boys in Charlottesville, but if they could just spend five minutes and force Biden to uh, denounce Antifa, which really matters, by the way, this idea that there's any that, that right wing supremacist, white supremacist matter at all. I'm watching daily riots and, and looting and anarchy, and they the right wingers have nothing to do with it, except occasionally they get shot by left wing agitators, like happened in Denver over the weekend. A right wing uh, patriot, a guy who supports Trump and loves this country and makes cowboy hats for a living. That yes. guy was shot in cold blood in the head. By some left-wing scum, uh, but yes, but Jerry, as municipal it, leaders in Black Lives Matter will tell you, sometimes it's good to take out the trash. So there you go. They took out some more trash. Right. Was, yeah, if you're paying attention, there were video. There was video. Michelle Malka group was there. There's lots of video. You can literally see the guy get shot dead, uh, or or go down. You can hear the gunshot, and then you see him go down. But then you can see all these. Antifa BLM people celebrating, saying, oh, good, another white supremacist dead. White supremacist. Honest to God. And I know, again, it'll be two on one whenever the debate is. I hope Trump, instead of getting lost in the weeds about whatever, suburbs or or, or, or Biden's class rank, I hope he says Antifa, 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 BLM over and over and over again, because it's a winning issue. Defund the police. Hammer away at that. Law and order, Trump. Donald, Mr. President, just repeat those words. You do it all the time. Law and order. So there are polls, by the way, that show somehow Biden ahead on law and order in the country. And that is remarkable. That is absolutely remarkable. So to me, that tells you that can you trust much of the polling? I hope not, because the polling is very discouraging. But you're right. There's polls that have Biden up like 20 on handling the virus. We know everything. Biden proposed everything would have made it worse. I mean, Biden was doing big rallies in mid-March. Trump had the, the travel ban in January. And, and, and mid-March, 
Biden was telling, you know, calling, obviously calling Trump a, a xenophobe and a racist for stopping travel. And, and even though there was like no deaths yet, none. And Biden was holding big rallies with no masks in mid-March. And we're supposed to think that guy was going to be better uh, uh, at handling the virus, please. I mean, But that is more politically a layup. I realize that it's not built on, on, on facts or anything like that. But the, the law and order stuff, it's like th- there's been no Democratic example of law and order other than like the the warlord at Chaz this summer. You know, and, and other than that, I can't think of a, a, a keeping the peace and law and order at all exercised by Democrats other than firing law enforcement and castigating law enforcement. Right. And they're going to make somehow a bunch of people in this country who have never bought a new series of essays are going to purchase series of essays. And these essays are going to be in uh, taught in school now. His his series of essays. Series, you're right. You're right. They will be. They'll be like assigned. Certainly in college at uh, Wesleyan and Middlebury and UMass, they'll be teaching. You know, Colin Kaepernick's teaching uh, writing. He doesn't write though. He just he compiles. He doesn't do anything. You know, he makes his money. He makes his money from the Uyghur slaves in China. They make Nike stuff and. And he promotes it, and Nike pays him millions. He, he sits there and tells you how awful it is, how, how systemic racism in America is is so awful, and yet he makes his money from Muslim slaves half a world away in China. Doesn't say a word. He and LeBron, two biggest hypocrites in the world, don't say a word about the treatment of Muslims in China because they're making money, they're making millions and they don't really give a damn. It's good, you know. Rafe Gre- Rafe's grievance is 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 good for uh, LeBron. I mean, and and Kaepernick. They are making millions to hell with the Uyghur slaves. Get back in front of that sewing machine and make me NBA champion T-shirts now. God damn it, we need it. You. <laughs> that's 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 uh, all LeBron and uh, Kaepernick care about. The two biggest frauds in America. And I I do want to get get to Bill Burr because I think we're going to disagree. But have you ever seen anything like it? Shattuck, you're a political analyst, a political junkie. And I was trying to think of something comparable to Biden and, and Kamala Harris lying about court packing. It's amazing. And I wonder why they don't just lie. I mean, Biden lies about everything. He lies about what college he went to. Mm-hmm. He, li- he literally lies about his class rank, which is why Trump brings it up. He, you know, he lies about everything. Why won't he just lie about core packing? This evasive thing, this dodge, even, you know, liberals, if you saw Jake Tapper yesterday, even hardcore liberals, Biden supporters like Jake Tapper are like, like, why can't he just answer the question? Yeah, Jake Tapper. Simple question for you, Shattuck. Why doesn't he just say, no, I'm not going to pack the court, even though he is. Why doesn't he just lie? Because he's promised Bernie and AOC that he will pack the court. They have demands to be. They said, "Okay, we'll be all in on you, Joe, as long as you, you know, abide by these few demands we have." And one is packing the court. Another one's going to be a lot of provisions of the Green New Deal, and some other wacky law enforcement stuff that we've already talked about. So, no, he's made a covenant with these people, and he can't just throw it away. Now, after the election, he's more likely to be able to say, "Okay, Bernie, I understand. You know, in- instead, we'll uh, we'll ban fracking in these seven states." But um, but no, he can't. He can't say it. So they're in this discuss- ridiculous position. You'd figure there's a better answer than I've already answered that. And you know this new answer that well the Republicans are packing the court. It, it 
doesn't really work like that. No one's buying it. But you're right. If you've got Jonathan Carl and Jake Tapper and Chris Wallace all Big offended by the laziness of the answer right now, then that's a bad place for them. And they could take a hit on that. And people don't like the idea of, of, of Democrats packing the courts. So what? I mean, he, he could put it to rest, certainly with his friends like you know Jake Tapper, Jonathan Carl. He would put it to rest if he just said, oh, no, I'm against court packing, which, by the way, he has said in the past. Yeah. He's against, and Kamala Harris said she's in favor of it. So they have a record. Why can't they just lie and say Right. No, no Biden just- said in 83 that it was a boneheaded move by FDR to pack the courts. Who is this, who is this guy over the weekend? Was this just a local reporter? Jerry, you probably saw this if you can't hear it, but hang on. Sir, I've got to ask you about packing the courts. And I know that sure. you said yesterday you sure. aren't going to answer the question until after the election. Huh. But this is the number one thing that I've been asked about from viewers uh, in the past couple of days. Well, you've been asked by the viewers who are probably Republicans who don't want me continuing to talk about what they're doing to the court right now. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, where they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. <laughs> That's how you know it's a bad issue is even his surrogates, even his supporters. And again, you mentioned Jake Tapper, uh, uh, Jonathan Kyle, the whole bunch of them. They're they're his guys. They don't know what to do here. They want to defend him, but how do you defend that? They don't deserve. They don't deserve an answer on this huge issue. I mean, let's be honest. The whole uh, goal of the media is going to be to get your eye off the ball to say, forget the court packing. Let's talk about you know the Proud Boys or some other stupid. Let's talk about when you know what uh, drugs Trump took when he was on when he had COVID. When this issue is going to affect everyone's life for the rest of our lives. Literally, if they add whatever it'll be, six judges, three judges, uh, 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 I guess it'd be, you'd have to add two or four or six. If you had those judges, they're all liberals. They're all uh, named, uh, nominated by Biden. It changes our lives. It changes this country. It changes the courts. It becomes another branch of the legis- uh, of the executive branch, another part of the executive branch. It's huge. Right, and he, and be, and he won't it, answer, and he will say literally, "You don't deserve an answer." <laughs> right, and not only is it's huge, and also codifies this never this ever is cycle of political civil war. Because you know, much like with the filibuster, if Democrats want to do something completely extraordinary away from the orthodoxy that's been happening in Congress, like with the filibuster, okay, well then now the Republicans got the Congress, and they've been, you know, McConnell has been packing the courts you know with uh with nominees in uh, judiciary nominees now for a couple of years so it's ridiculous everybody knows it's irresponsible biden knows it's irresponsible but like i said he's doing his trading out in public he has to signal to the left because there's no enthusiasm for joe biden there's only enthusiasm for bernie sanders in aoc and the wacko left so he needs to make sure he keeps that coalition together so he's now because he's leading in the polls he can now out in the open say, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do yet because you're going to make an issue of it. But meanwhile, Republicans are packing the courts by, you know, doing their responsibility, which is nominating judges for empty positions. So it is funny funny watching the media lie. And again, they will lie about anything to help Biden, but lie about the definition of court packing. I was mocking Jamel Hill and and Dan Rather took a beating on Twitter because they came out and they said the Republicans are packing the courts. Trump named 300 uh, lower court judges. I'm going, that's not what court packing means, you idiot. I mean, they they, they right. know they know what it means, but their job is to uh, get you 
to the focus off of Biden's obvious dodge and his obvious lie and get it on the It's a bad it's a bad look for Biden. You're right about that. And you know, his side knows. So what they're gonna do now for the next two weeks with Amy Coney Barrett is Kamala's gonna go after her. It, it, it accuse, of course, her. Uh, she's gonna make her defend um, you know, Trump's supposed packing of the courts. In other words, McConnell, you know, putting the brakes on Obama's court nominees and then rushing through Trump's nominees, which is what we call politics. And uh, and you use that and some other, I assume, dirty tricks against uh, Barrett to burn time, you know, for the next two weeks so that there's only a week and a half till the election. They hope that they can burn enough time so that there's the, the pendulum hasn't had time to uh, to swing in their did you ever know, I mean, there's only one debate left, uh, Biden succeeded, his friends on the debate commission succeeded in getting rid of one debate, even though Trump is fine, could have been there in person. It's obviously a underhanded attempt to protect their guy, Joe Biden. But I couldn't believe how stacked that debate commission was. It's just rhinos who hate Trump and liberals who give money to Democrats. Uh, we, I often wondered, I often blamed Trump or blame the Republican for agreeing to have these left-wing moderators like Chris Wallace and uh, Page, Susan Page, and mm-hmm. this clown, Steve Scully. And then you look and you say, it's all Democrats. It's all liberals. It's all Trump haters. And they came out with the announcement, as we mentioned last week, about the second debate being virtual. They came out with the announcement at 7.30 a.m. after Pence's incredible debate performance. It was an effort on the part of the debate commission to help Biden and hurt Trump, and it worked. I mean, Trump said, I'm not doing it virtually, as he should have. And Biden said, okay, good, we're out, we're done. So he only has to survive 90 more minutes, keep the poll, you know, if the polls stay where they are, he will be our next president, and he will be be able to thank, obviously, the media and the debate commission for helping him cross the finish line. It was Yeah, it was complete BS. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that said, I could use Trump to take a step back before he says, bleep you people immediately. You only get so so many shots at Biden here. And it, why, if you're the Biden people and, it, and you're up 12 points in the, in the national polling, why not just cancel the next debate? Why not say the question? I mean, well, he doesn't want to look bad, look cowardly, although he is. I mean, he is a coward. He won't answer the damn simple question. But they know what can happen now to derail the campaign. It would be a disastrous debate performance, right? It would be like Pence Mm -hmm. against Kamala. If it was if Trump beats uh, Biden like Pence beat Kamala, like just total blowout, that would be huge for Trump. Not that it's possible because Trump's not a good debater. Pence is. But that's what they're afraid of. If if Biden, you know, loses his way or, you know, again, wanders off stage or, you know, literally urinates his pants on stage, that hurts, hurts badly. That could have an effect. So their goal is to protect them. Their goal is not to fight and win this campaign. Their goal is to hide and, and, and go into, you know, go into stay in the basement as much as possible, avoid stumbling and bumbling and just get to November 3rd. That's it. Three more weeks and, and they're in. They're good. And then Biden is, you know, just a figurehead. We know that. He's not really the president. Kamala is. And the first day in the Oval Office, the picture, they'll have a picture first day. Biden will be sitting there, you know, just looking out the window. And there'll be Bernie and AOC and Elon Omar and, uh, and, and Kamala Harris. And all the radicals will move on in and take over. As we know, Bernie is, I mean, Biden is just the Trojan horse. He's just the front man. All the nuts are just licking their chops, waiting to get in there and do as much damage to this great country as they can do. I can't well, believe 
that, Jerry, that there is 70, there is, 65 million people are going to vote for that. It's very discouraging. There is a silver lining, Jerry. You're about to get an exciting new attorney general if Biden wins. Oh, I, <laughs> you know, is that, again, I got a question. I'm, I'm, I follow this stuff pretty closely too, Shattuck, like you do. What is the political advantage? If you missed it over the weekend, Biden's camp floated that Andrew Cuomo is on the short list for attorney general. Andrew Cuomo, who is responsible for the deaths of over 11,000 senior citizens who did much more damage uh, to this country than Donald Trump has ever done, who is the face of the, the failed efforts of the Democrats. Not, not failed efforts. That, I mean, he literally signed an order to put coronavirus pe- po- positive patients in nursing homes, killing thousands and thousands. And if you haven't paid attention, it's the most sickening example of media bias you'll ever see. CBS did a sit down over the weekend with Cuomo and his three daughters and how the, you know, the pandemic, the lockdowns have brought them closer together. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> and literally thousands, tens of thousands of families had to watch that saying, my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather was killed by this, this maggot. And I have to watch him talk about his family. And then I have to listen to Biden say, maybe he'll be attorney general. He should be, I'm not kidding. This is not hyperbole. He should have been taken away in handcuffs. He signed the order to put these people in nursing homes, killing thousands when he had the, the Javits center and he had the Navy hospital ship waiting there empty. He's a criminal. He's a killer. And, and Biden might have him as an attorney, attorney general, the head law enforcement uh, person in the whole country. Jerry, what? Uh, well, none of that can be true. What you were saying about him, or else how could he have written a book called "American Crisis: Leadership yeah. Lessons from the COVID nineteen Pandemic," and be selling posters currently as we speak? Even though he keeps shutting New York down, you'd figure that maybe the um, American crisis isn't over yet. But I think that that uh, he probably had a relationship with Bo, maybe, and um, he's probably a good fundraiser. And also, if you're Cuomo, you want to get the hell out of. Um, of New York before the uh, the post mortem numbers are run, so you can uh, see it doesn't matter. It's, um, it's the corrupt system, so corrupt. The media is so friggin' corrupt. The media is so immoral, unethical. This cover up for this guy who has blood on his hands, who's got the lives of thousands of senior citizens on his hands, and they sit there and say, "Gee, has it been tough on your family during the pandemic? How have you guys managed?" <laughs> and, and there's people sitting there in New York going. My mother's dead because of this monster. What the frig are you guys talking about? And for all the demographics, that means something, Jerry. But but if you look at who's watching, who's where are people getting the news more and more? They're getting the news from podcasts, and there are millions more people who listen to Joe Rogan, who's an everyman. He's not a Republican, and probably more liberal, at least socially, than anything. And you watch his observations and what he's seeing. You know, he's talking to people who are leaving New York, who have left L.A. And nobody talks about that stream of news and information and how influential that is. But right now in 2020, that's huge. And this Cuomo crap is not working with them. You know, it's not it's there's no resonance there, but nobody's testing those waters. And I mean, that's why you, I mean, even yesterday, uh, uh, Rogan was still talking about having a debate. Trump should go on that show should, for as yeah. long as Rogan wants him. If Trump now, and it looks like Trump is doing only what he wants to do and kicking the conventional wisdom consultants out of the room, right? Trump has gone full Braveheart now. It is total battle the way he wants to go, and either he's going to go down this way or somehow he's going to upset the world again. 
and win this way. Well, he, but he's, he's got, he goes on like Judge Jude, uh, Judge Janine, and Maria Bonaroma and Hannity like every day. He does like five appearances a day on Fox News, which is all well and good. But I don't think he's that great at it. I mean, people think he's one of lots of real Trump hardcore Trump guys. They love his interviews. They love with him on Rush. I think it's kind of clumsy and awkward and it's Trump just uh, stream of consciousness. Trump is not great. Maybe that's me. I would rather have more focus, uh, but you're right. A Rogan appearance and Rogan's not that combative. He's not like, that's not his thing. His thing is to get you to open up. He should sit down with Rogan and say, have an empty chair, you know, like Clint Eastwood talk to the empty chair. If that's what it takes, talk to the empty chair and say, where the hell is sleepy Joe? Where is sleepy Joe? He should make it seem like Sleepy Joe is running and hiding because he is. He doesn't want that second debate. He's breathing a sigh of relief. He's hoping to just hold on, hold on, like, you know, like the running out the clock. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Falcons running out the clock in the Super Bowl. That's only what he's hoping to do. And Trump has to call him out and stay focused on that, which is impossible. You can't ever ask Trump to stay focused because he doesn't know how. You know, he's not a focused guy. He's a scatterbrained, you know, stream of consciousness, bundle of energy guy. That's what he Do- is. Doesn't technically, uh, I think it was through Esquire, right? The Cardi B, Joe Biden interview. Doesn't Esquire have to invite Donald Trump on for an interview? So maybe Cardi B can get a, a, a second a whack at this one, don't you That's think? That's a good question. <laughs> is that a good a question. You have to do that. I mean, every, time, every time, like uh, Mark Levin will interview local congressmen, he interviews them every day. He'll say, his opponent is welcome to come on. You have to do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, wouldn't that be something? Trump with Cardi B. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, they would technically uh, Esquire would be uh, satisfying their obligations by just offering time in any form. I would prefer Cardi B, but I think anybody uh, satisfies the obligation, I believe. Yeah, right. It might be 100 days out or 60 days out. I'm not sure how that equal time stuff works anymore. Yeah, but yeah, we, we but, happened a few times on the radio. We talked to some guy that I liked. We talked to Ted Sarandis one day. He's right, running for some local office. Yeah. Immediately, his opponent called up and said, I, I, have, I have to get equal time. We're like, okay. And it oh, was, God. It, it didn't really do her much good, but I don't even remember what happened. It was like running for... I don't know what it was. Sewer Governor's Council, I think. Yeah, yeah. But all right, I want to get to uh, the NFL because I, I need uh, I get some questions about what is going on with their coronavirus uh, plan, their protocols. It's got the media all upset, which means which means it's they must be doing something right because when you upset the media, yeah, you, you, you know the, the 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 COVID the Corona Bros get upset. You must be doing something right. But let's get to Bill Burr. I, actually, let's. Let's do Che Concrete, and then I want to get your take, Shannon, because I, I think we're going to disagree on this Bill Burr monologue that has everybody talking uh, on, on SNL the other night. Um, but first, let me tell you about Che Concrete. They got buildings. They got buildings. They partner with Easy Set Worldwide, and they manufacture precast concrete buildings for multiple applications in a variety of sizes. Shea's been manufacturing precast buildings for over 17 years, and no one does it better. Precast concrete buildings provide the most durable and long-lasting option compared to other modular building applications such as metal, wood, masonry. Shea Concrete Manufactures delivers and installs these engineered precast concrete buildings as a true turnkey provider from initial handshake through the final installation support. With a focus on cost efficiency and quality control, each of their precast concrete buildings are pre-assembled at their factory and typically delivered and installed in one piece 
by their experts. Uh, you know what makes them uh, better than other buildings? They, they can uh, they can build them in the worst of weather because they do it indoors. That's unlike other, you know, wood, metal. They do it indoors, in, in their big plants. They build your building. This increases productivity, lowers cost, and gives the customer a legitimate time frame of when the building will be placed on site. To learn more, simply go to shakeconcrete.com or call them up and ask for Frank or Mike. These are the experts in these buildings. They'll tell you what you need. They can tell you what sizes they can build. It's the answer. You need a building, go for a precast concrete building. Call them today or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Learn all about their precast buildings. On to Bill Burr. He does. I, I, I like Bill Burr. Bill Burr is funny. Bill Burr can be dangerous. He can be country. He can be offensive, which is what I like about him. He generally is. He generally pushes the envelope. He often crosses the line. I'm going to tell you why I was so disappointed. It wasn't that it wasn't funny. There were a couple of yucks. He had a couple of lines and he's got a great delivery. And, you know, he reminds me just, you know, like of guys I grew up with. That's what he sounds like. That's what he looks like. Well, you tell me he is is from here. I mean, he is from Canton, Massachusetts. We all know that. You know that he sounds like it. But anyway, Shattuck, mm-hmm. you tell me who he um, who he went after in this monologue. I'm going to explain to you why I was so disappointed. Because it was safe. He didn't go. He didn't go to those dangerous places. That's what this called for. We know Saturday Night Live is lost its way. We know they are just another PC vehicle. Trump haters. This is the place that sang that song, Hallelujah, when Hillary lost and again did a tribute to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We know this is a bunch of social justice warriors, a bunch of moon bats like Michael Che and Colin Jost and, and what's her face, the, the the chick that does all the imitations. Uh, what's her name? The one, the big star who did who did Hillary, who does. Oh, Kate yeah. McKinnon. Right. So again, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, Kate McKinnon, she's the big star. All crazy radical liberals who don't care if they're funny. They just want to hate Trump and help Biden. Anyway, it called. I needed, I needed Bill Burr to go to those dangerous places. I needed him to offend the right people. And who does he attack? People who wear who 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 don't wear masks and white women. Now tell me how you get in trouble, how you ruffle people, ruffle the feathers of, of all the right people. When you're attacking white women and people who don't wear masks, it was lame. It was safe. No was- way. No, are you kidding me? Who do you think's watching that? Those are women from Wellesley watching that so they can talk about how Kate McKinnon was so, you know, heartfelt and tear jerky. And, uh, you know, so they can have their their Biden played by Jim Carrey and Trump looking dumb for minutes to high five and, and talk about how dumb Trump voters are. And uh, how Walmarty they are! I, I thought that was a great hit by Bill Burr. It was okay. Then you tell me who does who was offended? I mean, uh, who who did he offend? I would say white middle class women. Well, who cares about them? They don't matter. They don't matter. They if he had balls, if he was going to be the Bill gay Burr, people uh, were offended his Gay Pride Month bit. Yes, were, no, that I was going to give you that one. Yeah. I was going to say I'll give you that one. He did. He talked about how Gay Pride Month is like two days longer than Black Pride Month. <laughs> And how that you know, gay people didn't weren't enslaved. But I got news for you, Bill. All the people celebrating Black Pride Month, they weren't enslaved either. Their fathers weren't. Their mothers weren't. Their grandmothers weren't. Their grandfathers weren't. I mean, you're going to have to go back 150 years. Great, so the, Jerry. The, going the, after the gay coalition is pretty risky in 2020. For him okay. to say that, even joking, 
So you're admitting going after uh, uh, white women is not. I think it is risky. I don't Why? think I don't think he's going to be um you know shouted out of play company, but because what he said was absolutely true and it was perfect. The fact that, that and I won't I don't want to step on it, but they've insinuated themselves into these cultural battles is freaking perfect. And it just the, the women on on social media who change their avatars for one day, so it's black that one day, and they've got all the lawn signs, and they're such good people. This exposed them completely. I thought this was perfect. All right, let's. Uh, um, I, I I couldn't disagree more, Mister Shattuck. And I here's what I would liked before we play some uh, Bill Burr. Here's what I would have liked. How about he goes after people who shame people who don't wear masks? Would he dare do that? Because this is a show that kicked off its musical guest, kicked them off the show because he was caught on TikTok doing a shot with some hot Alabama sorority girls. Uh, without a mask. He was drinking without a mask with some hot Alabama uh, students. They kicked him off the show, the show that made the, the, the Chris Farley made famous, that John Belushi made famous. Can you imagine John Belushi mask shaming somebody? Chris Farley mask shaming somebody? I mean, please, this is supposed to be an iconoclastic show, and this was supposed to be there, and they're not anymore. Obviously, they're, they're as PC as anything. It's like watching... You know, uh, it's like watching Don Lemon and, and Chris Cuomo, you know, giggling, watching this show. All they are is a bunch of PC you know, social justice warriors. But, but Bill Burr, I was hoping, was going to save the day and he was going to piss them off. Here's what he should have done. Mark the show for kicking the country guy off for not wearing a mask. Gone after Black Lives Matter and talked about them harassing and attacking black police officers and destroying black businesses. Now that would have taken some balls. That would have been genuinely controversial, not going after white women. What a cop out. Bill Burr. Um, I don't listen to his podcast and I know he does a bunch of different things. Has he commented a lot on BLM and on other, in other platforms? Like I, don't I used to listen to his, his podcast and it's just weird. If you haven't heard it's, it's successful, but he just gets up in his house while like his wife and kid are sleeping and goes down and was, and, and just talks. It says, yeah, yeah, it kind of just works out his thoughts. It's, it's, you see that game last night? Wow. Oh yeah, man. I, I gotta clean my I gotta clean my room. Or I mean, just rambling and stuff that has no real substance. And I guess his followers, his fans like it. But I, I don't know if Bill does a lot on Black Lives Matter, but he does stuff on black culture that very few white men could get away with. Okay, why didn't he do it Saturday night? I don't know what he had ready. I think he wanted to hit the Saturday Night Live audience where he thought it would be effective. I mean, he did, start, I, he did make fun of mask wearers for a moment. I, I, tweeted, I tweeted about it and got, I didn't get ratioed, but I got a lot of people that were like, uh, you know, he was great. He was so great. And I'm going, you know, he made fun of white women. And I'm saying, so what? That doesn't take any guts making fun of white women. It's not even a, you know, an organization. It's just this generic term, making fun of white women. But no, anyway, let's hear I, I know Bill Burr was funny and he was, you know, a little bit edgy. Again, making fun of the gay pride month was not bad, but I wanted him to go much, much further. And I wanted him to piss off all the right people. And he didn't. And it felt like he, he this is Bill Burr. He felt scared. It felt like he was a little nervous up oh, there. I don't know about that. You're a little you're, nervous. How about you see him at the end saying, well, uh, that's it. I mean, he was nervous. And I guess this was I the would, edgiest thing that SNL has had since, I guess you could say Chappelle. And then I don't really, I don't remember Eddie Murphy's now at this point, but that was pretty good. Right. Wasn't Eddie no, Murphy? No, I mean, you know? Chappelle, I, it wasn't I, I, I think was nervous. Bird, 
Burr is like Chappelle. You expect him to go after those sacred cows. I mean, Chappelle did. And, and I think if in this case, if he went after, again, the PC cult, he mentioned cancel culture. I don't even think he said the word culture. He just said the cancel thing. You really well, like, dropped like, it. SNL is like a kid's cartoon show nowadays, right? Like this is like going, this well, was the, I, I needed him the to, history to, of the world. I, this is why I needed him to go after these people. And by Jerry, the way, the, he brought that audience on a ride they were not expecting to go on, and they were very uncomfortable. And half the reason he sounded uncomfortable they, not, they didn't I, know how to react. They didn't know. Here, I'll play the I'll play the white women one. What about the white women line sleeping with black guys? That 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 uh, that was a good line. That was at the end of the day too. It was just funny. At least it was funny. I haven't laughed at SNL in a long time. But yeah. I want to, let's talk. Uh, let's talk white women here, shall we? <laughs> Let's talk white women. White women, you're amazing. Amazing your accomplishments over the last few years. I got to tell you, the way white women somehow hijack the woke movement, generals around the world should be analyzing this. Just to refresh your memory, the woke movement was supposed to be about people of color, not getting opportunities, the at-bats that they deserved, finally making that happen. And it was about that for about eight seconds. And then somehow... White women swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression and stuck themselves at the front of the line. I don't know how they did it. I've never heard so much complaining in my life from white women. My life is so hard with my SUV and my heated seats. You have no idea what it's like to be me. Trashing white guys, the nerve. Where's the camera? The nerve of you white women. Let me, I, listen, I don't want to speak ill on my bitches here, okay? I don't, but let's, let's go back in history here, okay? You guys stood by us toxic white males through centuries of our crimes against humanity. You rolled around in the blood muddy, and occasionally when you wanted to sneak off and hook up with a black dude, if you got caught, you said it wasn't consensual. Yeah, that's what you did. That's I'm sorry, Jerry. I mean, come on. It, 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 it is pretty. It is pretty good. Can you imagine? Okay, tell me. Good... Tell me who we offended. Just tell me who we offended. Who we upset. Who we made uncomfortable. Good white progressive women who think they're the most. Hey, that is not. You got to be kidding me, Shattuck. You're smarter than that. Who cares about white progressive women? They don't. They don't even have an organization. You know, they don't even have the oh. ability to mobilize and and get you canceled and and ruin your life that's who i wanted him to go why after why are you so angry about why, Jerry, why, do, you have to, why do you have to overly offend somebody why can't you just that's his job that's, that's what Bill bird does no, they have the organization laugh he made us laugh white women yeah. have the school committees know because we have uh, don't have the ability to you for to play it for me so maybe Shatter could play me his favorite parts and i can actually hear it but anyway this was a careful this was choreographed to not upset, you know, Lorne or advertisers or or Michael Che and Colin Jost. It, it, it doesn't upset anybody when you go after white suburban women and people who don't wear masks. Now, if you went after people who wear masks, that would take some balls. If you went after BLM, that would take some balls. Uh, but and, and again, I think Burr has balls. The message is clear. We don't do that on SNL anymore. And as um, somebody points out here on uh, the our on our Facebook page, um, you know who went and upset people who who uh, offended who made them uncomfortable? Louis C.K. Now, granted, it was before he was, you know, jerking off in front of uh, the the his co-stars, but he did a monologue 
defending, I shouldn't say defending, explaining child molesters that was wonderfully uncomfortable and, yes. and funny, and it made everybody squirm. I thought that's what Burr was going to do. And the reason he didn't is because he knows that show is so PC now that not only would it have upset Lauren, but it might have upset Kate McKinnon and Michael Che, too. I know. I, th I thought it was a subtle way to change the argument and expose hypocrisy. These people he's talking about, they do have organizations, Jerry. These are the people who live in places like Wakefield who start Black Lives Matter or uh, white privilege groups to talk about how they're privileged. And then they put little signs out front to say how good they are about it. These are the same people who run school committees and make idiotic um, declarations that there's a, a uh, that there's a healthcare emergency based on race um, instead of making sure the schools are ready uh, in half the towns of Massachusetts. These are the self-important, self-aggrandizing progressives in this state who just think they're the best people on the face of the earth and they're damaging and they're shallow. And I love that he put the, he hit the left, the progressive oh, left from the left. How progressive can they... left. The progressive left is Black Lives Matter. That's what it is. And by the way, why don't you name names? Why don't you talk about you know, uh, you know Kamala Harris? Why don't you make fun of her? Why don't you make fun of the media? Why don't you make fun of some of the sacred cows instead of this generic white women? It's. It, I'm telling you, it was a cop out. It was he, easy. It was safe. Bill he did Burr. Bill Burr he, did the, he did the perfect mix of edgy but not over the line where he won't obviously won't get canceled by any of this but like he's still friendly to advertisers he's still he doesn't I don't want him to be I, no, I, <laughs> listen we know all about kind of that kind of balance in that world and he played it perfectly he I don't want balance I want him crossing the line I want general <laughs> genuine controversy I want advertisers calling Lauren Michaels and saying I, I don't like that that bald guy you had on this had a, <laughs> very offensive that no audience way, was there, it is i i understand that the host and the monologue have to be careful and everybody's afraid of being canceled and all that but the skits suck and i watch it i hate watch it every week that skit with the uh when they were all uptight because of the 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 pandemic the first skit with bill Ma bill burr and he's a good actor he's he does it well but it's just this long tedious thing and it's like okay when is the funny part? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm romantic. Yeah, I didn't see the days. skits. I saw a little bit of the Boston one, and I'm I'm pretty much done with the Boston accent right. to being you know Southie trash stuff. Um, but I it's fine, I guess. But um, but I wish they'd move on. But the stuff he did with the with the gay pride stuff that is going into forbidden territory. The month of June is Gay Pride Month. That's a little long, don't you think? <laughs> For a group of people that were never enslaved. How did, how did they get all a Jew? Dude, black people were actually enslaved. They get February. They get 28 days of overcast weather. Sun goes down at four in the afternoon. Everybody's shivering. Nobody wants to go on the parade. Look, yeah. How about you hook them up? with july these are equator people give them the sun for 31 days there's a black people they could celebrate from june 1st june 31st 30, 61 days of celebrating all right that's all my time we got a great show for you that, guys. that was good that was a good finish and when he said equator people i said that <laughs> that might upset some people i never even heard the term these are equator people 
I don't know if he thought that was going to, you know, get him and, you know, get them squirming because he finished right there. He said, okay, we got a great show coming. That was a good finish. I'll give him that. Uh, uh, going after the gays, uh, you know, for having a longer month than the blacks was, and he's probably done that before. That's not, you know, topical. Well, it's also it's in, it's an intelligent joke. Actually, it's kind of a conversation starter, but it was good. In the, but the best thing was that the audience was not comfortable. Was not comfortable. I know you wanted him to bring these is a game destroy uh, Kamala and uh, Biden stuff, Jerry. But I mean, the guy went into some forbidden territory there. In the, I, uh, think, it, I think like um, it's great to hear them go after themselves. Like if he mocked the show for kicking the country guy off, would have been good. It's like Fox News. I was so disappointed in Fox News. I have been the last couple of weeks because it is clear there is a company-wide edict. You are not to mention Chris Wallace uh, doing Biden's bidding. And they even, you know, the guys like Craig Gutfeld and Tucker refused to criticize, even mildly criticize Chris Wallace. And I understand, you know, the corporates, corporations looking out for their own, but these guys have a reputation. They're supposed to be independent thinkers and Brian Kilmeade tweeted two on one, and they forced him to delete that tweet. I mean, you can't take a little criticism from someone in your own organization. It's just, uh, it's just very disappointing. It is disappointing, and that is tough. But I, I think that that Fox News and the management saw how devastating that was for Wallace, and I think he's probably not all right. If you've noticed the last couple of weeks, oh, he's, he's the worst. I'm telling you, but I'm I'm affected forever by this. He was such a I used to like him. He was exposed as a Biden stooge who did everything in his power to hurt Trump. And I, I see that now. I, I watched some of his show yesterday and he he almost doesn't care. He's all in for Biden and it's disgusting. And I hate him and I'm never going to you know come around on him again. He sucks. Yeah, I was his defender, Jerry. And um, I think they, they have to put him on ice at least for for some months now. The, the way he was browbeating Trump during the debate. Saying, well, well, you know, criticize um, uh, white supremacists, sir. Do it, sir. Do it, sir, sir. And so he and Biden and are in the same time. Just, just a question, Tom. Right. Giveaway. The question: it, If you bring up Charlottesville, you expose yourself. You clearly are a partisan. You are against Trump. You're for the other guy because we all know part Charlottesville is a big lie that the Democrats have been repeating for three years. You bring that up. By the way, Susan Page did the same thing. Climate change and the same damn right. crap. <laughs> Nothing original. It's all designed. It's all designed to help Biden and hurt Trump. And it works. And the next guy will be the same. If this Steve Scully guy. And by the way, we I don't even have that on my list of things to get to. But is was that not the most insulting thing you've ever heard that I was hacked? I mean, Steve Scully is the C-SPAN guy who was caught tweeting at Scaramucci, asking Scaramucci for advice on how to handle Trump. He was meant as a DM. He sent it as a tweet. He got caught. Then he lied. And apparently he's lied a number of times about, about being hacked. It was an obvious lie. No one believes it. And uh, the company, C-SPAN, says, yeah, we're investigating. We're calling the FBI. I mean, everyone knows it's a lie. And because they like the guy, because he's a Trump hater, they support him. And they pretend that it might have actually been he might have actually been hacked. We know he wasn't hacked. Of course, he wasn't if you're a hacker, why would you hack and write? You'd hack and write, you know, I, I want to, you know, I want to bang your mother or something. You'd write something right. totally profane or something about Trump. Instead, he tweets at Scaramucci and asks for advice. Why would a hacker do that? It's just right. non, it's just nonsense. And yet this guy's one of the good, you know, he's one of the beautiful people in, in, in with the in crowd, D.C., 
So they defend him, even though they know he's a liar. Right. And Scaramucci, of course, replied to him and gave him advice as if they right. had had a rapport right away. Yeah, he's been hacked two other times. Both times, I believe, have to do with when he was criticizing Republicans. But uh, and that's why Pence was so fantastic to go in. Pence went in there and just essentially knocked out the moderator and held his own debate. Sure did. And he, and he knew these were leading questions designed to help Kamala. And he ignored them, he said, yeah, uh, I, I want to go back to this. I want to do what I want to do. And it, you know, he was he did a great job because that upset the I mean, there's a whole montage calling a, him a sexist and a misogynist and a racist and everything else. That's how, you know, he cleaned. He wiped the floor with her. But right. And actually, well, Jerry, before and, and, and of course, there's no. There's no defense for she was obliterated in that debate. It was a horrific look. I don't know if I've seen somebody so badly beaten. And the left, of course, the immediately break glass in case of emergency was Stephanopoulos and his crew saying it was mansplaining. mansplaining. But also, if you saw the next day, you know, a bunch of blue check reporters said, you know, I went downstairs this morning for breakfast and my daughter was sitting there, my four year old. And I said, honey, would you like? And she put her hand up to me and said, Dad, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm speaking. Yes. I'm speaking. By the way, I'm going to call you uh, Steve Scully here. You just texted me something that was intended for someone else. You said you're on with Jerry. Oh, that was for um, Michael Graham called me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Graham. Oh, it would be so much better if it was like, oh, you know, screw Jerry, that <laughs> asshole. Uh, By the way, Cuomo I, is on the Today Show right now promoting his book. That is sickening. It is <laughs> sickening that the scumbag is promoting a book, which no one will buy. That'll be more of the big lie. They'll say he's number one bestseller. No one will buy. No one will read. Why Why is it so hard for people to just say, you know, I know he's on my side politically, but, you know, he killed 11,000 senior citizens. That's a deal breaker. I'm not with you anymore, Andrew. Sorry. Why is that so hard? Anyway. It's incredible. And the gonads this guy has to say, oh, this is on like the federal government. Knowledge. This isn't on New Yorkers to pay. This isn't on New Yorkers to pay. But he doesn't want the Fed to just bail out the COVID costs. He wants the Fed to bail out all of the overruns in spending right. that Cuomo has been responsible for the last four years. He's a dirtbag. There's no doubt about that. He is and the worst. And think of, think of that. He blames Trump. Trump said this, the Navy ship, and it never got used. The Javits Center got converted, never got used. It should have been, obviously. Instead, he sent coronavirus patients into nursing homes, wiping out entire nursing homes. And he blames Trump, the guy who sent the ship, which this scumbag never used. Don't get me going right. on this again. In March, oh, he said, man. why doesn't FEMA tell me which 25,000 people I should let die because we don't have ventilators? But he got his ventilators. They got excess ventilators. They got everything they asked for. Right. He was praising Trump in March and April. And now, you know, to to, to fend off the, the wolves, he's lying he should not only should not be voted out, he belongs in jail. He is a criminal. Anyway, don't get me going on this. I got to get I'm getting all riled up for the ACB hearings. I'll probably be disappointed. But uh, before we go, someone has to explain this to me. I know you're not a sports guy, Shattuck. I know Cullinane is. Everybody was upset with the way the NFL handled the Patriots and the Titans. But we'll focus on the Patriots here, the way they handled things. Uh, they have three players, I believe, who've tested positive, including their best defensive player and their best offensive player. Here was um, Ben Volan today in the Boston Globe. Um, I'm not sure how I got to read this. I clicked on it. I must have uh, not clicked on any stories lately. But anyway, he says, 
he's talking about the Monday night game in Kansas City. He says, playing the game two days after 20 people were exposed to Cam Newton was madness, especially considering that the Titans outbreak was possibly aided by a plane trip. Now, tell me this. They have one guy test positive, Cam Newton. Now, grant that he's an important guy, but one guy. He stays home. He quarantines. Everyone else is tested, everyone, and they test negative. The people exposed to Cam Newton were on one plane. There was 20 of them, and everyone else was on another plane. They played the game. It was a decent game. Patriots were in it for a while. They, you know, obviously the, the audience, I'm sure the TV audience was huge. They sold a lot of ads. They did their job. They played a game. Why is that madness? Why are the media so upset? I realized that the Corona bros want to cancel everything and they were predicting the season would be a disaster and might even be canceled. Their predictions obviously did not come true, but why, what were the Patriots supposed to do? What was the league supposed to do? Cancel the game because one guy had the coronavirus? Well, because, and then others were around that person. So when did, when did Cam, when did Cam test positive? Was that, uh, look, you know, like, look at Gilmore, right? So Gilmore and Cam Newton right. went to dinner, right? So Gilmore and Cam Newton go to dinner on October 2nd. Gilmore plays on October 5th. Cam does not. And it's discovered that Gilmore has coronavirus on October 7th. Yeah, so just think about it. Like after the they all tested negative before they went to Kansas City. Yep. So were you supposed to tell guys who tested negative to stay home? I don't understand. That's what that's what the Ben Volans of the world want to have happen. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, he tested positive. Now Gilmore's quarantining. And by the way, this cancellation is going to help them because Cam Newton's going to miss end up missing one game, you know, and be back and be immune. And so will Gilmore. I assume they miss one game. They'll be back. But everyone's saying, like, cancel the season because one guy – Tested positive for coronavirus, and by the way, doesn't even know he has it. He's asymptomatic for all we believe. So you cancel. You have 50-something healthy guys ready to play, and you say, no, we have to cancel. Why? Because that one guy tested positive. Now, you wouldn't do that for the flu. Why would you do that for coronavirus? Yeah, and, and and with the Patriots situation, especially this past week, like Belichick, Belichick could have opened the facility per NFL rules, and he closed it. He didn't open it until Friday, right? So they were they were closed the entire week. So the Patriots have done everything as an organization that they could do. I guess from Mullen's standpoint, he just thinks the end. Like he is just the extreme version of the extreme, right? Like he's so. Far well, no, there's a lot. Not he's there's a lot of guys like that. You know, yeah. the Darren Ravels in the world. By the way, we're gonna I'm gonna do Darren Ravels tweet before we go here, but the most embarrassing tweet from a grown man ever. But I the people lose their minds and they still are under this notion that somehow these guys are in grave danger. Like Gilmore and Newton and whoever else tested positive, this other uh, defensive player, they're in real. Oh, they, they, you know, they're in danger. I mean, of what? They don't even know they have it. They, they literally stay home for a few days and they come back and they're fine. If you're the Patriots, you're kind of happy about this. Cam Newton's going to be fine going forward. Your most important player is going to be fine for the final. How many more games they got? 11? Mm hmm. He's going to be oh playoffs if they make it. Cam Newton's already had the. Well, virus. don't you think? I mean, Ben Volan's a big a big lefty as well. But isn't this all part of the idea that the whole game now is cases, and the more cases pop up, yeah, but, uh, right. cases Which is part of the big the line. Trump event, cases at the at the White House. It's about cases. Cases are the pernicious part of this thing now. It's not just deaths. They're telling us. So I think that that they have they're trying to be consistent. Saying now we've got cases here closed down a practice facility, whatever, and it, it's it's. 
It's so much about Trump these days. It's incredible. The WHO is saying to stop, stop shutting down the economy. Stop doing all this, you know, yes. this. The, 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 don't forget they're scientists, right, Tom? So they're, if you want right. to listen to the scientist, Andrew Cuomo and Charlie Baker and the rest of you assholes, the uh, WHO says no more lockdowns. So how about you stop with the lockdowns? How about we open the, the country up? How about we open the state up? How about kids go back to school? How about kids go back to playing sports? The idea that lockdowns, I mean, how much evidence do you need to show that, to, to understand that lockdowns don't work? And eventually, even, you know, tyrants like Charlie Baker have to look at the numbers and say, you know what, this whole lockdown thing ain't working. And, and yet, what do they do instead? They double down. De Blasio's doubling down. They're increasing the lockdowns. They right. love the power. Right. And they'll say the lockdowns have to happen unless it, there's something, of course, about racism happening, in which case you'd have 30,000 people out there because that's a public health crisis emergency as well. Racism. Well, out near the Staples Center, I don't know that that's a racism, anti-racism protest that's still going on, by the way, in some parts of L.A., the, the celebration for the Lakers. So, I mean, you know, I, I hate to give a insert a bit of optimism into this, but Trump's gambit here that the country's going to move sharply to just open it up and let's be America again. There's a chance this thing, <laughs> this thing works out and pays off for him. Well, I hope so. It's clear. I mean, I don't need the WHO to tell me uh, that lockdowns don't work. I've seen the numbers. I know they don't work. Uh, but these are people that the Democrats say we have to listen to. They didn't want to defund the WHO. They wanted to listen to the, even though WHO was complicit in the cover-up with China, uh, they want to listen to the WHO and the doctors and the scientists. Well, listen to them now and the lockdowns. Right. And and even uh, you know once once an NFL player like dies of the virus, which probably won't happen, but if it does, I'll say you know Ben Volan and all you know Darren Ravel. You got a point. Until then, it's less it's it's less of a problem than the flu. Because I mean, again, Cam Newton doesn't even know he has it. He's just sitting at home probably watching film, getting ready to play the next game. He'll be fine. So will Stefan Gil Stephon Gilmore. I mean, I guess coaches would be different. Certainly Andy Reed or Mike McCarthy, some of these uh, overweight coaches, but right now we're talking about players and because one kid, one guy tested positive, all the Corona bros want to cancel the season. Again, you're right. They want to, they just want to affect the election. They want to overreact. They want to make it seem like it's, you know, this, they're in total panic mode. We have to stop playing. So they weren't supposed to go to, to Kansas City on a plane because the Titans had someone get infected on a plane. As far as I could tell, they did pretty well. They went on a plane with like 100 people and one guy got infected or one guy tested positive. But anyway, I say they play, you know, play every week. You play, Here's what you do. You adjust. If some guys are sick, they don't play. They sit out for a week. You bring in other guys, you know, if some guys are, 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 are tested positive, they go home, they stay away. That's how it works. They have a job to do like everyone else. Their job is to play football. Jason McCourty made big news when he threatened to uh, said they might threaten a walkout or a strike because the league isn't looking out for their best interest. The league is not supposed to look out for your best interest. The league is supposed to look out for the league. You know, the league is supposed to try and play a season and make money for everybody. That's their job. It's not supposed to be like, oh, we have to make sure no one ever gets infected. Because if you get infected, Jason, you won't even know it. <laughs> it's still in people's minds. They still think 
these young, healthy athletes are in danger of uh, dying when they get infected. Still that- yeah, no. And just look at Sweden. The, you know, they're in the malls now, walking around Sweden, d- 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 rubbing up against each other. They were always in the malls, Tom. They never shut them yeah. up. They never yeah, closed. and isn't that crazy? The WHO says, you know, these are this is the main source, you know, of, of all the stuff the CDC gets that are saying, don't do this. It's not worth it. The lockdowns aren't worth it. There's more damage from lockdowns. And the WHO doesn't love the United States, and they certainly hate Trump. But they're just looking around saying, no, the damage you're doing to other countries that need Americans to go out and buy goods from these other countries is worse than we could have ever expected. So get out there. In other words, the, the jig is up. You know, this is this is what this is what we thought it was to uh, to use an NFL uh, you know overused uh, phrase, well, I guess. It's, it's much, but um, much less harmful than we thought. Well, yeah, in, but in, when the harm came in two hundred thousands, a lot of people. You know, that was in almost five months ago. You know, that was March and April when it did to people what it could do to people. And for us to suggest now that these spikes in Chelmsford or you know, because of some house party and Drake it, whatever are, are uh, you know, potential super spreaders for another 10,000 in this in this state. This is BS. We've thrown away the science a hell of a long time ago, oh, and we're just being bullied and pushed around. Well, I'm glad they're playing games. I'm enjoying it. Last night's uh, game, Seattle, Minnesota, was a great game to watch, fun game to watch. I'm glad that because one guy, t- they didn't cancel the game or cancel the season. Everyone should be playing. That's part of that's their job. If they get sick, they stay home. If they don't, they play. It's that simple. Uh, I promised you the most embarrassing tweet from a grown man I've ever seen. This is Darren Ravel. He used to be at ESPN. Now he's at the Action Network, business reporter and senior executive producer for Action Network. He's got two million followers, according to um, Jason Whitlock. Darren Ravel bought them, or Nike bought them for him. He calls him a Nike stooge. But here it is up on the screen. Uh, Dave has it on the screen. I will read it. After the Lakers won, after LeBron won, nobody saw it, but LeBron won this summer tournament they had in Orlando, this little summer thing in the bubble. Darren Ravel tweets, he did it for Kobe, for social justice, for voter registration, for LA, for Akron, and his platform has never been bigger. The presidential election is in three weeks. Oh my God! <laughs> he did it for voter <laughs> registration. He did it for social justice. He left a couple things off that list. And again, he got eleven thousand likes. He got six thousand responses. He almost got ratioed, um, um, and he got mocked mercilessly on social media. But he left off a couple things. He left off. He did it for com- the Communist uh, Party of China. Chinese Communist Party. We know that. He did it for China. He did it for Xi Ping, Ping Xi, whatever. And he did it for, oh, I don't know, LeBron James. Would you say he did it for LeBron James? He did it for yeah. social justice, for voter, I would say so. for voter registration? Are you kidding me? This is a Jerry, you've worked with these with sports writers for, for a long time. They are sports. There are no bigger group of romantics than sports writers who want to tell the story of one. Every sports writer is a Bartlett Giamatti at the end of the day with a long-winded poem about baseball and what it really means. Right. You know, it means another year. The boys of summer are out. It means they're an awakening for all. Of, shut up and do X's and O's or, or uh, you know, be a jerk like you were, Jerry. At least you were interesting. It was <laughs> not romantic. Dan, Dan but, Ravel also is tweeting out their championship T-shirts. 
uh, which are being made right as we speak by slaves in uh, concentration camps in China. That doesn't bother Dan Ravel. That doesn't bother LeBron or, or Colin Kaepernick. But screw them. I will. We will have the ratings tomorrow. I'm looking for them right now. They'll come out soon. They won't be great. Hopefully, they'll be in the toilet. Hopefully, the NFL game, which was a much better game, blew them away. Hopefully, you know they didn't even match Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity numbers because screw LeBron, screw the NBA. Um, Can you imagine, I, uh, like, you know, I, I wanted the, the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup this year, but if they won the Stanley Cup, I wouldn't have been, like, out in the street rallying in this. It all feels fake. Like, can you? I can't imagine why. I, well, actually, in L.A., they're probably just using that as an excuse to riot. Yeah, it's, no, no, well, I mean, so you know, I don't, the virus doesn't affect, if you're celebrating LeBron, the virus doesn't affect you. No, no, no. 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 Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm just we'll 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 stay on top of that. See how the riots go, the post NBA riots and the uh, Amy Coney Barrett hearings are beginning momentarily. We'll talk about that tomorrow, and we'll have those NBA ratings. Uh, but I right, Shattuck, thanks for uh, for getting up and doing this on Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, I appreciate it. That is Tom Shattuck, host of the Burn Barrel Podcast. Tom Shattuck and the Lowell Sun our astute political analyst. I uh, appreciate it, Bell. And uh, thanks to Shake Concrete and Allied Paving and DCU. And thanks to Raycon. Anything else, Cullinane? A lot more of you. We got some good reviews over the weekend. Keep those coming. I appreciate it. By the way, we didn't even get to Tony Dungy's uh, comment last night. Did you see that? No, although he did. He apologized oh, afterwards he? and says I used the wrong. He said it was a blessing in disguise when Dak Prescott's ankle went sideways. That was gruesome. I felt bad. <laughs> he didn't. I mean, he got, he got absolutely <laughs> murdered on Twitter after he said that. He didn't. I know he apologized and said this. I don't. I don't root he for the Cowboys bad. ever. But Dak, I root for quarterbacks who are fun to watch. That's why I watch the game. I watch Russell Wilson because he's so much fun to watch. You know, Pat Mahomes, and and I think uh, Dak Prescott is a. His team was terrible. His defense is terrible. But he's great to watch. He's dynamic. It's too bad. Andy Dalton. Does no. he yell at people like Brady does? Because I understand they're uh, not no. pleased. Nobody yells at people like Brady. No, no. Dak is beloved. You can I wonder if uh, Skip Bayless will start his show today just burying Dak and saying, you know, he should be he should have been on the field for the rest of the game. Or what, I, what question. Yeah. Should he suck it up and be back he on the field? Suck it up. Yeah. Um, but I think just in the first four games, he proved that they should they should pay him and they should keep him. He's on a franchise tag now. And everyone's wondering what will happen to his contract situation, but he'll stay there. He's too good and too important. They need to, they need a better defense. Their quarterback is not the problem. He'll be back next year. And, and, you know, maybe Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's good enough to win that division. That division is terrible. So Andy Dalton, the Cowboys could go on a playoff run with Andy Dalton, but uh, we'll see it's football. So we're, we're into it. We, you know, no, no, uh, it's not a big, they don't do it for, for voter registration. They don't do it for social justice. They do it because it's their <laughs> freaking job. Jason McCordy, Ben Volan. That's why they do it. But, all right, Shattuck. Thanks. And thanks, uh, Jerry. All right, thanks, uh, Colin Ain. Uh I'm Jerry Callen. This is the Callahan podcast and we will do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.